right, Nico, can you say welcome to another episode of Healthy Births, Happy Babies? It's a happy episode. Um, happy babies. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to another episode of Healthy Births, Happy Babies. I'm Dr. Jay Warren. I am the host of your podcast here and a prenatal and pediatric chiropractor in San Diego. And on today's episode, I'm going to have a conversation with Dr. Ian Stolman. He is a similar like-minded prenatal and pediatric chiropractor out in Florida. And we're going to talk about something that we haven't talked about before as far as creating a team, creating your birth team. Now, on the podcast, I've done a lot of episodes about a lot of different people that could be part of your team, different practitioners, different types of techniques, different types of body work, different types of education that could be all part of your team. And you might be assembling those on your own, but this conversation is going to simmer it down for you, I hope, at least. It's going to be a conversation with Dr. Ian, who has done a lot of work with his uh, family families that he works with in talking not only how important it is to have a team around you that supports you in the birth that you want to have, but then also how to go about doing it and who you might put on that list from all the wide variety of things. So we're going to have that conversation shortly. Let me switch over. Have you listened to this quick message? And then I'll introduce Dr. Ian to you and we'll get right to the content. My online course, Connecting with Baby During Pregnancy, has been out for a while now, and I've been getting phenomenal feedback from you women who have been learning these prenatal bonding techniques, putting them to use, and having amazing results. The same kind of results that the women in the Rafi study were getting, where by doing these techniques throughout pregnancy, they were having less anxiety and pain during labor. They're needing less obstetrical interventions, including less C-sections. And then afterwards, the babies are sleeping better, which means you're sleeping better. And postpartum depression was less than 1% in the moms who did these techniques. So go over to my website at drjwarren.com CWB and learn all about it. I think this course is amazing. I put a lot of effort into it, and I think it'll really help you have a healthier, happier, and more relaxed pregnancy and a gentler yet powerful birth. My guest, Dr. Ian Stolman, is a second-generation chiropractor and an instructor for the International Chiropractic Pediatric Association. His passion for perinatal chiropractic led him to being the in-house chiropractor at a freestanding birth center in Palm Beach County, Florida, right when he started his practice. He regularly publishes success stories in Pathways to Family Wellness magazine and case studies in the peer-reviewed Journal of Pediatric and Maternal family health. He's fostered relationships with OBGYNs and pediatricians, including being the first chiropractor invited to join the Palm Beach Pediatric Society as a member. And he's particularly interested in establishing subluxation correction as a routine component of prenatal and pediatric health care. So with no further ado, let me welcome Dr. Ian onto the podcast and switch over to our conversation. Hello, Dr. Ian. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. 
Thank you so much, Dr. Jay. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, well, our patient or our um, listeners have already heard like all the things that you're doing in your neck of the woods for new families. But um, to start off, I'm just curious about how what our topic that we're going to be talking about, creating a team in pregnancy and birth specifically and postpartum, like how that became something that you're so interested in that you now are traveling around the country teaching other docs how to help our, uh, our patients do that. How did that become something that uh, you became so interested in? Well, I, I knew in school that I really wanted to work with young families. Uh, pregnancy and pediatrics just really inspired and, and amazed me. And I knew that that's the population that I wanted to dedicate my life to. And it just so happened that as I graduated chiropractic school and moved down to South Florida to open up my practice, there was a local birth center that was opening up at the exact same time. And I reached out to try to start building a relationship with them, knowing we were going to have shared clients, shared patients. And uh, we, we developed such a good relationship that they brought me in. And, and all of a sudden, I had two practices at once, right? <laughs> opening up two offices, uh, two locations at once. And it was through that relationship with the midwife and with the doula that I realized how valuable cooperative care and coordinated care is among different professionals, all working to support a patient and having the experience in pregnancy and then raising a family that they'd like to have. Uh, but then I also started seeing the patients of mine that didn't have that connection between providers, that didn't have a team that supported them and their values and their vision and what they wanted out of their, their healthcare. And I realized that that was an even bigger problem, right? Was that uh, people were often wanting something and visiting providers that weren't there to offer it, that that's not what they did, that's not what they enjoyed, that's not what they were suited for in their skills and their, and their patient uh, you know, care. And so I realized that that's something that we really need to work with patients and help them find the team that's right for them and their family. Did you find those patients um, complaining about those practitioners or in their experience and they were frustrated or did they just not even know? And it was something that you were helping them connect dots. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing that was really uh, scary from, from my perspective is patients would come in telling me that they really wanted uh, you know, a, a, a vaginal birth and they didn't want to be induced. And they would come in after their visit with their OB telling me, oh, my OB is not going to let me go past this time. Mm -hmm, uh, right. And I would ask them about, you know, is there any reason why? Is there any health issue that they're concerned about? Says, oh, no, that's just their practice policy. Mm. And they didn't even see it as a problem. You know, cultural authority is this inherent trust that professions have. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's what allows a medical doctor to, um, to, to make a statement about really any topic in healthcare and be assumed to be the authority that knows what they're talking about, right? It's why everybody goes to Harvard University for comments uh, about anything in healthcare because they're the cultural authority. And in a, on a one-on-one -on -one basis, patients defer a lot of their, their uh, healthcare choices to their provider. Very few patients feel comfortable approaching their doctor and telling them that, no, I don't want that. And so they would just kind of resign themselves to accepting whatever it was that their doctor said was okay. And they didn't even realize that there's a, a wide variation in how, in how doctors practice and what they feel comfortable doing. And so it took a lot to educate these, these parents that, well, just because that's how one doctor views it doesn't mean that's how you have to have it done. 
And the more people started feeling empowered to make those decisions and, and find the team, they ultimately got better results and they got the, the experience that they wanted. And I think that's so important considering how pregnancy and birth don't just affect that moment and that start of the family. It affects the, the rest of the lives of both mom, you know, dad, and baby. Right. And I think, I think women that are choosing, say, a midwife or a birth center, they're actively vetting those things, those places to make sure that they're the right match and everything. Whereas if you're wanting a hospital birth, and sometimes women just take the OB that they're already have always been with and or like the one that is assigned to them, not realizing that you can change. And I think that's something that's very eye-opening for a lot of the um, women that I work with that, that they, they never even thought of changing, even though they're upset and not liking the trajectory of it going, they don't realize that they could change. It's not easy, but it, it can be done. Absolutely. And can make a huge difference, as you just said, on the yeah, outcome, absolutely. on the birth that they want. Yeah, I've had patients who, who, for lack of a better term, fired their doctor mid-labor. Uh, mid-labor, wow. Mid-labor. Uh, you know, the doctor came in and, and had some attitude or said something that they, the patient just really felt disrespected. And they, they just looked at them and said, no, I want the on-call doctor. Get me somebody else. And they did that the same, same thing with the nurse who wasn't uh, respectful and supportive of their wishes. And I think patients need to... Uh, develop that sense of, of empowerment of their own body, right? That personal autonomy that they get to make the ultimate decision about what happens to their body and their family. And that also means you get to pick the provider that's going to support you in getting what you want. Right. And it's, it's so important. And unfortunately, most people don't really feel uh, feel comfortable making those, those decisions. And, and we really need to encourage people to develop that own sense of, of what they want for themselves and then uh, encourage them to express that in a way that's going to make that possible. Right. And that's something I think that is the, is the start of it is knowing what you want. And sometimes during the pregnancy, when you first start, like, especially first time moms and dads, like won't even know what they need to know, right? And so educational platforms like this or the podcast and the work that you're doing in your community, it just plants a seed and even kind of just starts a questioning, then you can start sorting uh, and finding out well, like what you want and who is going to support you in that. We have a major challenge in our society because from a very early age, uh, both, uh, you know, every gender is, is essentially indoctrinated with the idea that pregnancy is supposed to be miserable, mm. right? That birth is supposed to be scary and dangerous. Um, that, you know, if you think about the, the movies that we see in the TV, uh, birth is never presented in the peaceful, calm, loving, compassionate, beautiful experience that you and I know that's possible. It's always presented in the most dramatic version uh, that is that rarely represents what actually happens in real life. And that's a problem because there's so much emphasis placed on getting pregnant and then uh, people resign themselves to, all right, this is going to be a miserable couple of months and you know, I'm going to put on a lot of weight and I'm going to feel miserable and I'm going to have heartburn and I'm going to do this. And then when it comes time for the birth, it's going to be like this. And they just resign themselves to whatever they, they previously expected of, of pregnancy. And I think it's such an amazing thing to watch 
families go through that exploration of what's possible for themselves, right? What's available? Do you want to give birth uh, at home? Do you want to give birth in a birth center? Do you want to give birth in a hospital setting? Do you want to feel like somebody else is in control or do you want the personal autonomy to make the choices? Do you want lots of intervention or no intervention? Or do you want a blend of somewhere in between? And that not, that's not just for the birth process. That's for every stage in pregnancy as well. Uh, you know, we skipped a lot of the early ultrasounds and a lot of that things, uh, those, those procedures that were just routine among our, our healthcare providers. And it was a conscious choice for us, but it was only available because we'd spent so much time trying to understand and learn all of the potential choices that are available. And I think what families need to do is once they, once they get to the point where, you know, they pee on the stick and they find out that they're pregnant and all of that, they're filled with all that joy. The next thing that they should really do is start to explore what are the options available and what options align with their personal philosophy and their personal belief of how the human body works and what they're, what they want their, for their experience. And that doesn't mean that there's one right way and another wrong way, right? Everybody's gonna find the path that works for them, but you can't make a conscious choice if you're not aware consciously of the choices that are available, right? right? Otherwise you just end up with whatever you end up with and you think, oh, well, that's how it happens, as opposed to leaving the pregnancy and birth feeling empowered that, that you made conscious choices and you started your family in a way that represents who you are as a person and what you wanna create your family through. And hopefully one of those resources you're, as a, a new parent, uh, exploring is with your birth provider, but it might not be, right? It might be that this is how the birth is going to go if you're in this practice. So you need to do like homework on your own about what things are. Do you have certain resources that you like to point people to? Yeah, you know, there's, there's a, a list of questions that I like to share. Uh, questions, you know, when you're interviewing providers, uh, you know, not even just about questions, but about the way that they answer, which I think is even more important because mm -hmm. you can ask any question, but if you hear them answer with question with, with, uh, comments like, well, we'll let you, or we'll have to see, right? Questions where you can, even if they say what you think is, is the right answer, but if they say it in a way that's not confident or it's not fully supportive, that I think is a big problem because I have, uh, unfortunately, too many experiences where patients are being told that they can have one experience, and then all of a sudden at 39 weeks, the doctor comes in and says, no, I'm sorry, you can't, you have to do it this way. And not only do they not feel empowered, but they also feel defeated because they just spent 39 weeks, even if they asked the right questions and they did all the right things as far as investigating, their provider kind of uh, you know, pulled the wool over their eyes for the first, uh, you know, 39 weeks of their pregnancy. And now they end up in this situation where they feel stuck. Mm -hmm. And so it's important if your provider is making comments like, oh, you have a small pelvis or, oh, your baby's really big or, oh, we'll see how things go. Um, or we'll let you do this, or you know, we don't do birth plans or we don't allow doulas. Like those are big red flags that I think, you know, uh, people should stop and investigate that a little bit further. Like, what do you mean by that? By let me, right? What are the circumstances that are going to dictate whether I can go into labor spontaneously or whether I need to be induced? You know, what are, you know, how far, you know, what's your cutoff, right? In Florida, there are some uh, providers that will go 42 weeks, some that will even go past that. 
but there's also plenty of providers that say, no, at 39 weeks, if you're not in labor, we're going to induce you. And that's, that's, those are the types of questions, right? Uh, I always tell parents, investigate things like, um, uh, you know, induction and intervention and delayed cord clamping and skin to skin. And, uh, you know, same thing as far as investigating their hospital, if they choose to give birth in a hospital or a birth center, what's the environment going to be like? early in labor, what's the environment going to be like during the actual transition and pushing phase, and then afterward. Uh, there's a hospital nearby that right after baby's born, baby gets taken away and goes to the, to the nursery for four hours, you know, while they do everything, and mom and dad have no access to baby during that time. There's another hospital right down the street that everything can be done bedside on top of mom. And those are the things that parents just kind of a, they don't even, they're not even conscious to what possibilities are out there. And I think it's really important to go step by step throughout the pregnancy and the birth process and ask questions to try to figure out what your provider is okay with and not only what they're okay with, but what they're truly supportive of. Right. There are plenty of providers that might be okay for a VBAC if everything is perfect and you go into labor by a perfect by the like the perfect time. But there are other providers that are actually supportive of VBACs and they'll kind of help you accomplish your goals. And I think that's a, a distinction that most people don't really uh, uh, get either. So it's important to really kind of dig in and find out where your provider is and do they really respect your views and what you want. Right. And it, it, to add on to what you just said, not only about the provider, but it, it, the hospital tour, if a woman's deciding to uh, have a birth in the hospital, it usually is done towards the end of the pregnancy, almost yeah. like checking it off the list like a couple of weeks or maybe a month beforehand. And oftentimes that visit is very eye-opening for a couple of how what that environment will be like and puts a lot of doubt into their minds. So that point just there I wanted to hit on of maybe doing that sooner as as, as well as you would be um, interviewing and uh, finding out information about the provider uh, in the first part of the pregnancy. Also looking at the environment of where you're going to be giving birth and especially if it's a hospital environment. Uh, I hadn't thought about uh, ask or telling uh, or encouraging patients to do that even earlier but based on what you had just said I think I'm going to start doing that more. Yeah, you know, I, I recommend people take a formal childbirth education class, right? You know, mm -hmm. especially new families the first time around, they don't even know what they don't know. Uh, and a, a childbirth education class, uh, you know, for instance, hypnobirthing, which I did with my wife and which I, I you know, work closely with some hypnobirthing instructors. Uh, I know you and I both spoke at the hypnobirthing conclave last year. Yes. Uh, the thing that I love about it is it takes parents through a journey of what are the possibilities throughout your birth experience, whether you're at home or birth center or hospital, and what are things you need to look out for. And it gives parents uh, more information and more clarity, not only on what they want, but what questions to ask to ensure that they're in an environment that will support that. Right. So the first things first is people need to get clarity on what sort of experience they want and then build the team around that, uh, OB or midwife, uh, chiropractor, acupuncturist, doula, childbirth education process, and start to assemble that team and prepare themselves you know, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually for this process. And the more they do that ahead of time, the less stress and anxiety and fear comes towards the back half of it. Right. It's 
always terrifying the idea of switching providers or switching hospitals, you know, at 36, 37 weeks. But if you can fine tune your team closer to 20 weeks or even before that, you're going to have a much easier, much less emotionally stressful uh, second half of your pregnancy. Yeah. So we talked a lot about like the birth provider and the birth environment there, like hospital or birth center, or maybe at home with the midwife. But what other people on the team would you recommend people look at? Um, not that you have to go through like a list necessarily, although you might have one, but like in rounding out a team or other essentials that you've seen that have optimized things, like what, what other kind of providers uh, would you recommend uh, people look at? Yeah. So first, obviously the care provider, the OB or the midwife, and, and um, you know, that's important to explore both possibilities. Uh, you know, I think, absolutely essential in pregnancy is to find a chiropractor who really focuses on prenatal and, and uh, pediatric care. Uh, having a chiropractor can not only support a mom in having a more comfortable experience in pregnancy, but it also helps prepare their body and baby for, a, for an easier birth and a smoother recovery and transition into that new relationship. So I think that's absolutely essential. And I always recommend that people go to uh, the website ICPA, the number four kids.com, which is the International Chiropractic Pediatric Association, so that they can find a Webster trained chiropractor. Uh, I'm sure you'll, you'll have plenty of links available for that. Yeah, I'll make uh, it available in the show notes for sure. I, I, you know, I think incorporating chiropractic is a great way to uh, support both mom and baby physically and emotionally during the entire pregnancy. Uh, I also recommend acupuncture. Uh, find an acupuncturist who specializes in fertility and prenatal care. Uh, I think it is probably one of the most important things you can do is, is find a doula. Uh, a doula is a um, uh, kind of a, a, a birth and pregnancy coach and support. They're there both for your physical and emotional well-being uh, you know, during pregnancy and in and the birth process. And, you know, even though I've attended dozens of births and I've, uh, you know, felt fully comfortable supporting my wife during our, our two births, uh, ultimately the, the doula was just as invaluable for me as it was for my wife, right? Um, you know, when a new family is, is going through that initiation of the birth process and they're starting to feel that early cramping, they're starting to have some you know, leakage of fluids, they're not really sure. If they call up their OB and they say, uh, these things are happening, I'm having some cramping, I'm having this, and the OB says, okay, well, come on into the hospital, let's get you checked. That becomes a really easy way for people to get admitted and trapped in the hospital and kind of put on the clock at a very uh, um, uh, early phase of their pregnancy, or a very early phase of the birth process. Whereas having a doula, especially somebody who's been around birth a lot, they become an invaluable tool of coming and visiting the mom at home and being with them. And they've been around so much birth that they can tell without you know, doing a, a cervical check, they can tell like, hey, no, you just need to go lay down, get some fluids, take a, you know, take, uh, get a rest, you know, take some stuff. Uh, you know, take a, a break and get some sleep. Or they can say, hey, you're really rocking and rolling. We need to go. And that's something that no provider other than like a home birth midwife is going to offer. So I think a doula is an exceptional tool that everybody should have. 
Uh, and they're also a great resource for finding those supportive providers around your community because they've been and they've been in births with every single you know, OB and every single midwife. So they know the lay of the land in, in regards to that. So I think a doula is, is uh, probably one of the first people that I would uh, welcome into my birth team. Uh, and then she, the, the appropriate childbirth education, you know, there's hypnobirthing, there's Bradley, there's Lamaze. Investigate which one's right for you. Investigate where you feel, uh, you know, philosophically it's right for you and, and do all of those things beforehand. But if you've got your care provider, your chiropractor, your acupuncturist, your doula, you know, your childbirth education, you're going to have a, a really profound support team around you to help you have the experience that you want and be there to answer questions and and uh, encourage you and, and be there for everything. So I think that's that's who we had for our birth team, and it's exactly who you know I recommend for all of my patients right. as well. And uh, to reiterate, like starting as soon as possible is key. I, we're big advocates of every um, parents having every couple having a doula, and doulas don't take many clients per month because they want to be yeah. available, so they fill up, right? So that's one of the first things we say as soon as they've come into the um, office if they haven't considered having a doula we give them information about it but then also to start making calls so that you know if they're only taking four births a month then they want to make sure that they have the right match for you but again they can be a great hub of information as well as like the webster trained docs um, tend to be that as well just knowing the people in the community that are um, more like-minded to having a more natural empowered safe birth um and I would also say too, like just what you said about investigating education, I think that's something that a lot of parents do as soon as possible. They're learning about what classes they wanna take and something we're changing at the Cap Wellness Center is we used to, and we teach hypnobirthing as well as some other um, birth education classes, we used to have them attend a class based on their estimated date and we would back it out. Like we want to be done around 36 weeks with that. We're changing that to like taking it as soon as possible so that because what we realized is the majority of what people were getting out of the classes was the empowerment and the thought provoking questions to change the trajectory of the, um, of the pregnancy and then ultimately the birth so that if at 36 weeks you're getting all of this and then you're scampering around trying to change the team, if you can get that earlier on, then you have more time. Like, I mean, rarely are we getting like 20 weekers in classes, but we're having women more in the twenties rather than in the thirties in the of their pregnancy in the weeks that is um, so that you have more and more of that information under your belt and then can, can have that sink in earlier rather than later. It would be part of like an introductory class. You know, if I was an OB, uh, I would have uh, an introductory class that anytime somebody joined our practice, you know, for prenatal care, they sat through a class that reviewed all of their options and the, the different approaches, not, not just, you know, when you go to like a hospital-based class, very often it's, these are your options for pain management and these are your options for intervention. But I would actually do a class on, you know, here are the different types of experiences in pregnancy and birth that you can have. Um, which one's the most appealing to you, right? Because there are legitimately situations where some women, uh, uh, you know, just aren't in a position where they're an ideal candidate for a vaginal birth and a cesarean might be the best approach for them. And that's totally okay. But there's a difference between making that conscious choice out of empowerment and education than being 
you know, forced into something. Uh, and I think that's, uh, you know, the more active decision-making people have in their birth process, the higher their satisfaction. And that uh, is, is really what it's all about. Right. Well, thank you for this whole list of different questions to ask of the providers and the list of like team members. How can people listening get in touch with you or learn more about what you're doing? I know you're in the process of creating more content that people around the country as well as the globe can um, participate in um, rather than just being in your neck of the woods in Florida. But uh, where can people go to learn more about what you're up to? Uh, right now, the best way would be to follow our practice page on, on Facebook and Instagram, uh, Stolman Family Chiropractic. And, uh, you know, we're, we're in the process of putting together a series of educational videos. I've got a couple on there that uh, have seemed to be really supportive, not only for existing patients, but for really any parent. And we're in the process of putting together some additional ones, uh, all content that's available for free, just trying to share information and, and help families feel more empowered to make the decisions uh, and live a, a conscious life for them and their children. Beautiful. I'll put those links um, to both of those pages there. And then by the time you, the listener, are listening to this episode, more and more of that content might already be out there. So Dr. Ian, like what what's the major take home you'd like uh, a listener um, to come away with from our discussion, either something that we talked about and you want to reiterate or something we didn't um, uh, talk about that you'd want to make sure they know. I think one of the things that is a a fundamental uh, tenet of how I view the world is, is personal autonomy, right? And choice. And I want everybody to take away the fact that, they have choice in what they do with their body and and what sort of experiences they want in pregnancy and birth. And if you're in an environment or if if you're with a practice or if you're in a situation where you don't feel like the options are available to you, that you feel like those choices are being made for you and you're not comfortable, that you have not only every right, but you have an obligation to yourself and to your baby to opt out of that and and get into an environment that you make choices that are empowering for you. Um, You know, of course, with birth, we never quite know exactly how it's going to turn out. Um, And so you can plan and plan and plan for everything and then still end up with an experience that you didn't necessarily want. But if you made active choices in your care, if you, uh, you know, took the steps necessary to prepare and, and organize and do what you could to maximize the possibility of having the experience you want, you're going to feel a sense of satisfaction and peace with whatever result you have. Whereas if you don't make those conscious choices and you end up with something that you, that wasn't ideal, which is probably more likely than not in that situation, there's going to be not only the, the experience, but there's also going to be a sense of, of regret. Um, and I never want people to have regret about, Uh, the experiences or the choices they made, particularly when it comes time to such a a, a beautiful and potentially empowering moment in the family's life. Right. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Dr. Ian, for your time. Thank you for everything that you do and for coming on here and sharing your wealth of information. Um, I'll make sure that all those links that you mentioned um, throughout are available for you, the listener. And uh, maybe, Dr. Ian, we can have you on again sometime to um, share more. I would love it. Thank you so much, Dr. J. Hi, 
Hi, it's Dr. J again, and I want to thank you so much for listening to the podcast. It's something I really enjoy doing, and I, as a parent, learn a ton from these experts coming on and sharing their wisdom, so I hope you're getting a lot out of it, too. And I want to share something else with you. I've created a guide called The 40 Ways to Connect with Your Baby During Pregnancy. It's full of simple things you can do on a day-to-day basis that will help strengthen that bond that you have with your baby. It's a free download. You can go to my website at drjwarren.com slash 40 ways and just enter your email. I'll send it right to you. You can download it and start working on it right away. All of the research that I'm learning in the fields of epigenetics and attachment parenting is showing that the more bonded you are during your pregnancy with your baby, the better the birth is going to go and the better parenting is going to go because you have that strong foundation, a strong connection to build upon. So go again to my website. It's drjwarren.com slash 40 ways and get that free guide. And again, thanks for listening.